This is Beyond Kink with Master Dion. I am your host, Master Dion. This unique podcast is a raw and unapologetic glance into the forbidden world of kink. We're here to defunct the misconceptions and to stimulate your curiosities around the kink lifestyle. We're going to hit you with harsh realities of the who and what of the kink world through powerful conversations and kinky fun. This podcast is for anyone from the curious newbie to the veteran keister to use this platform to express, grow, and play in this mysterious lifestyle. As always, keep it kinky. What up, kinksters? Here we go again, right? Thank you for joining me for this new episode for uh, Beyond Kink with Master Dion. As you already know, this is Master Dion again, and, and we have a very very special day today. Today is the first time we're doing interviews. 420 just passed and we're all feeling a little crazy. I don't smoke, but you know, I thought I would throw that in for all the smokers, okay? But it was a it was um pretty a pretty interesting day. And I just want y'all to know that thank you for joining me. It, it's been really unbelievable how many people are starting to kind of gravitate to the podcast, and I really appreciate all you. And please keep spreading the word. Tell everybody about it. Let's get some more people in here. Today is another day. What what are we doing today? We got so many things going on today. We are going to be talking about inter- or we're going to have some interviews. We're going to have INM on. We're going to have some different things. It's going to be a, a spectacular day. I know, I know, I know. You love to hear the smooth, sexy voice. Every week, you just love to hear this smooth, sexy, chocolate voice. But we need to have some kind of variety. So you just, you know, sometimes you don't want chocolate every time, right? Anyway, as we go into today, today's subject, which we'll talk about later on, but it's dating in the kink world. But before we get into that, let's make some announcements like every week. Um, again, reminder rooftop party, the Beyond Kink. Kinky Rooftop Party and X-Rated After Party, May 15th, 2021. That is a Saturday. Go and get your tickets. You can get your tickets on Eventbrite. You can go through my FetLife page. Uh, I think those are the only two things. Oh, or you can go to our Linktree, Linktree slash Beyond Kink. If you're familiar with that format, you'll be able to go in there and check out all of our different profiles and and you can purchase your tickets right through there also we have the kink and curious uh number two such awesome may 20th may 20th we're gonna have a busy may as as it's coming up may 20th kicking curious the location has not been solidified just yet but we'll let you know when it is um it's great opportunities for your newbies and for some veterans that want that like to help out newbies and and some um, kinksters to come on through and have a little good time in a vanilla environment. My big party that I that I do on usually, well, I guess, bi monthly basis is sin and celebration, and I'll be having some things. We're, we're shooting for June to have that big party. So we'll have a location, and we'll have more details of that later. But. There's one thing I'm super excited about. To give you a little bit of what, of what goes on when, in my regular life, people say, 
Dion, you always talking shit. Yeah, you, you you always got an opinion about something. You 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 an asshole, and you always talking shit. So fuck it. Master Dion's gonna start making a bonus podcast. Yes, you heard it right. We're still gonna have our weekly Beyond Kink podcast, but I'm gonna throw in a little bonus podcast. I'm not gonna tell you when it's gonna start. It's gonna start when I start it, because I'm talking shit. It's gonna be called Master Dion Talking Ish. Just and I had to use the ish so that I could actually make the title and put it on on whatever the, all the podcasts, the Spotify and the, and the Apple Podcasts. Otherwise, it'd be called Master Dion Talking Shit. So Master Dion Talking Ish. This will be about a ten to fifteen minute um, vent of all the shit I got to deal with in the in the kink world. Some of the pretenders. There's only a lot. There's be a lot. Of, I'm sure you're gonna enjoy it. You're gonna be a little shocked. It's a if this, if Beyond Kick is X, it's, I don't know, is Beyond Kick X-rated or mature? We about to get, what the fuck is older than mature? We're going to be, I don't know, uh, geriatric? We're going to be old as fuck up in that, in that bonus podcast. So stay tuned. I will let you know when we're going to uh, release that. So today's, today's topic, again, dating in the kink world. I&M is going to be joining me for this one. You know what? Before, I, let me tell you about what the fuck happened. Is. You know what? Let me stop talking about what the topic is today. And let's talk about what the fuck happened within my last week. And I think, if I can remember correctly, we had, uh, I told you I was going to the Kink and Curious party that night. And um, so it was the first initial Kink and Curious um, event. We had a decent turnout. It went pretty good. I think that um, everybody was excited and happy. Uh, to experience INM and the young uh, Miss Blossom were the host and they brought together a nice little event with games and information and socializing. I thought it was uh, pretty good. They they only bothered me one time. They only had, I only had to answer one question. It was spectacular that I was only allowed or only asked to ask, answer one question. So it went really good. It, we helped out a small business. It was Cigar Spot in Denver, Colorado. And um, um, we we got some people to contribute some money to the place. And uh, I, again, and it, I don't think y'all, actually, I don't know if people know this about me or not. So I'm a, I'm a small business owner. I have been for a very long time. So I'm always trying to uh, advocate for small businesses. So that's, the re- that's part of the reason why um, I wanted to make sure that we're hitting these small businesses to kind of help them out in this kind of, uh, these times. So it was actually very successful. It went well. We're happy about it. Um, maybe I&M will have something more about it a little bit later, but it was very good. Now the play party. So Saturday, that was on Thursday. Now it's going on to Saturday. So a good friend of ours, and when I say ours, I mean uh, me and I&M. And um, he decides to see every well, month and a half, month, month and a half, he decides to have a play party. It's usually, most of the people are familiar with each other with a couple of little um, newbies or some um, people that we haven't met. They may not be newbies, but people we haven't met. And they jump in there. Um, but this last weekend was a little bit, I don't know, it was a little bit over the top. And what I mean by over the top was that there was a whole bunch of motherfuckers there that 
that a lot of people didn't know. Even the host, he was like, who, do, who are y'all? And the word had spread out somehow that there's this play party and it, it's, in, it's in our friend's house. So, you know, you get 20 people in there and it's pretty packed. You know, you get 25, you're kind of pushing it. There had to be 40 plus motherfuckers in there. And I mean, looky lose. People's mouths dropping. We're like, what the hell? This ain't the goddamn zoo. What the? People's in there staring at people, looking at us crazy. Like, wow, all that kind of shit going on. I'm in there anal fisting. And uh, I got a guy, I, I mean, his mouth was so wide open. And he was so close looking at me. I was like, God damn. So it, it, I feel for you, the, the guy that I was hosting. Because I was like, that shit was not comfortable. We, it was like, and then it was just really, and I, I don't know. He kind of felt like he, he, you were a, a zoo animal. I, I don't know how else to put that, but it just felt really fucking weird. Weird in there trying to have fun. And these people, and they're standing around fully clothed. And I got my cock hanging out and they're fully clothed. What the hell is going on right now? You know, like, are, are they going to get undressed? Are they playing? Are they not playing? And then, you know, it just gets to being kind of weird. I don't know. But overall, I'm going to have a good time no matter what. So I, I had a great time. I felt for the host. He, he was like, well, what are y'all doing? And we like to take care of each other because he's using his house. And, you know, he has to clean up. He has to set up. And so we always throw him a little, a little bit of money just to, just to help out. Well, all those new people, then nobody was throwing no money. So he had triple the people in there. And he's just basically stomping around his house. He has to be a little bit more stronger in letting people know. But I had to put out a message out there to make sure the motherfuckers understand. And that shit ain't going to go down where we just, you're going to be looking looing and, and getting starstruck. I don't know what y'all was doing, but that's not going to happen anymore. So I got your back. He knows I have his back. He knows, and he knows who I'm talking about. But overall, the party was fine. You know, it, it's, it is what it is. But for a Saturday night, a little fucking, a little anal fisting, a little dick sucking. It was a good night. So that's basically round up my last week, and it was fucking spectacular. And I, I had a, I had a, um, I had, I got you, I am, I got you. I'm gonna get to there. I'm gonna get to there because I know people. You know what? You know what? I'm getting pressured over here by I am to talk about the fucking last week's episode. I was trying to hold off on you. But I've been getting a lot of feedback about the BBC versus baby BBC. And I've been, I've been like, wait a minute. You know, I was just trying to tell the experience of the people. And people were like, God damn, that's got to be the best episode. And hopefully it was. Hopefully it was a good episode for you to listen to. If you didn't know, and you didn't know that, that there was a, a, a distinct smell on black men's balls, well, now you know. And that's what I'm here for. I'm here to educate you about the schlong. All right? So, um, I wanted to also, you know, people had come in and talked to me a little bit about my experience uh, with BBCs and stuff like that. And I got, a, I got a spectacular story. I am not going to tell y'all. I'm not going to tell y'all. It's, it's such a good episode. I have to wait till a very, very certain time to get this. I'm going to give you this, though. The story was a scene. The scene lasted a month. 
a month. It has to do with black guys who happen to have a cock, which may, some people may refer to as BBCs, and one woman. It was a gang. And I don't mean like a gang of guys. I mean a gang. I'm not going to tell you anymore. You're going to have to listen to when I feel like blessing y'all with that story. That story came to me and I was like, oh, it was just fucking a beautiful story. It was a beautiful story. All right. So I'm going to finally get to move on. You know, I, I'm, tra- I'm getting here and I want to dive into this subject matter today. Again, dating in the kink world. So what we did is we're going to have a couple of interviews. We're going to have a couple of interviews, one with the, from a female's perspective and one from a male's perspective. No, I'm not negating anybody else's perspective that identify in the lifestyle. And I want to hear from you. If you want to uh, come on and have an interview about dating or any other subject in the lifestyle and you identify differently than a cis female or a cis male, just let me know. Hit us up. Your story at beyond-kink.com or or hit us up with another email, info at beyond-kink.com. Let us know and we'll see what we can do as far as a further episode. But before we get into those interviews, I wanted to go and read one of my writings that I did a while back. And the writing was, it was based off of what people had been coming to me. I've had, I've had uh, peoples of all genders talk to me about dating or hooking up on, uh, in the kink world particularly some of them about through FetLife and how, and, and we talked about the steps on previous episodes, but it was like that whole pre-mindset of how the hell do you, you know, like I always see, the people always say to me, I always see you with someone. How are you meeting these people? How are you building these relationships? So I want to read this writing and then talk to some people before INM gets on here and then we have a discussion about it. So this writing was, posted on my FetLife page, January 18th of 2020. So this is about, it was over a year ago. And then what happened was, is again, it was just a couple of people who had reached out to me, a couple of guys who had reached out to me and had, and I, and I wanted to respond to them in this kind of way. So the journal, the journal entry is called dating and or hooking up on FetLife. I'm saying FetLife because that's what it was kind of addressed to. So just understand that. I have to get something off my mind. In the last few months, I have spoken with several guys who asked me how they get dates or hook up with females on FetLife. They assume that I get females all the time from FetLife and they don't understand why. How the fuck should I know? Just kidding. I never answered the question about how I get someone from here. And when I mean here, I mean FetLife. I respond with a few questions how do you represent yourself on FetLife? What do you have to offer a girl? How do you stick out from the hundreds of messages that the girls, that most of the girls get on a daily, weekly, monthly basis? The usual answer is I don't know. I tell I, I then ask them, what do you, what do you, what do they think is the problem? Some answer, the most are just into BBCs. Ridiculous. Some answer. What with maybe I'm just not cute enough. Maybe. (laughs) But the worst response is that they believe most of the profiles are fake. I say bullshit to all this. 
I've seen some of the ugliest guys with sexy, slutty girls. I've seen women on profiles that look fake, but be super real. And I've seen responses from girls that just, they just believe there's a particular message that stood out from the rest. My response always starts with, I can only give my perspective of what they're doing wrong. First and foremost, are you a fan? Are you a genuine person who wants to meet a partner, sub, slave, dom, or whatever? Or are you just a fucking fan? What do I mean by fan? We'll talk about that later. I believe that how you respond to, the, to their pictures, the copy cut emails that you send telling a person right away that you're just a fan or a creep trying to fuck or use, the, use that person. I'll, I'll explain, Mac Moore. That, that, that was uh, badly written right there. But let me continue. Secondly, I asked if they are looking at pictures and how they look and not diving into their kinks, lifestyles, or relationships. I feel that most don't take the time to actually read the profiles and see if there are a match beyond the person's look. It's a shame because, in my experience, similar kinks and fetish, fetishes make a, a better experience with their partner. Not how they look. If you want to find someone because of their looks, then go to a club or holler at someone on the streets. If your attention is, is on several people and they have a slight interest in you, but look at your page and see you like or comment on a hundred women, women with similar profiles, then why would she waste her time? Here's a new approach. Treat a person like they ask to be treated. Only message specific people who are at least on the surface have similar likes, kinks, fetishes as you have. Don't be a fucking tool. And most definitely don't be fake or a fuckboy. Personally, my attraction is first to their kinks and fetishes, their relationship status, their location, and their beauty. What do, I, what do I look like trying to convince a girl who doesn't like anal to do anal? When is my biggest fetish? I personally like sluts, gangbang girls, and anal enthusiasts. So that's where my attention goes, if I'm even looking. Next, accept rejection. It's okay. You aren't the finest motherfucker in the world. And if she doesn't want you, it ain't the end of the world. I've been ignored, turned down plenty of times, lost subs and slaves, and I have dealt with it and moved on. Lastly, patience and respect will take you a long ways. Have a conversation with they're ready to meet. Do it in public place so, that, so they can start building trust in you. Treat them like they're human and acknowledge that you embrace their kinks and fetishes and not judge them for their expression. I hope you find what you're looking for. And trust me, I'm on the same path to find my forever slave. But patience is my new fetish. That was my two cents. So that was the writing that I wrote over a year ago. And, and if you listen to these podcasts, you can see that I don't variate very much from that. And that is my um, personal perspective on things. And hopefully you get something out of that. But as I said before, I don't want this to be just based up. The dating in the kink world is so vast and there's so many avenues of how things are, are perceived and, and the approaches to dating can be different in many different ways. So what we're going to do here is that we're going to interview a couple of people. I have some great people who, who are blessed me to let them interview them today. And uh, one is a submissive female and one is a dominant male. And they're going to give us a perspective of, of how they are in the lifestyle and how they, uh, how they perceive dating. They're both single, 
and how they perceive dating as far as being from the vanilla lifestyle to the kinky lifestyle and any kind of struggles and, and things like that in the lifestyle. So uh, with no further ado, we're going to start with the with the, the beautiful Miss Raven, and then we're going to then continue with uh, uh, my boy, my boy, Taurus. So with no further ado, let's talk to that sexy Miss Raven. All right, Kingsters. So uh, you, you've been hearing my voice for too much. Just I've been talking and talking and talking for the last five or six episodes or however many goddamn episodes we've been doing. Okay, five episodes. And um, so today, what we're going to do is we're going to add in some, some guest perspective into what, what the hell is about this dating in the kink world, right? I mean, I can tell you everything you know, from my perspective, but what does that mean? How, do you, how can you get a, an understanding from a, another person's perspective? So we've brought on, hopefully we'll have on a, a female and a male perspective. And if any other persons would like to contribute to this in a future episode, um, reach out to us. Uh, but we, uh, I know both of these people, and I wanted to get their perspective. They're both single in the kink lifestyle. And uh, we're going to start off with a young, beautiful lady named, that goes by Raven. She's a little, little sweet-looking thing that uh, uh, has graced us with their presence today to um, discuss this whole thing about dating in the, in the kink world. So, Miss Raven, how are you doing? I'm good, sir. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for joining us today. We're we're going to kind of dive right in. I know we're kind of on a time crunch, and I just want to make sure that we kind of got everything out the way. So, uh, uh, Miss Raven, can you please start off by telling us how do you identify in the kink world? I, uh, first and foremost, identify as a submissive, but more importantly, I like I identify as a brat princess. I'm more into the the younger um, kawaii <laughs> part of it. Awesome, awesome. So you got like you're kind of like a schizophrenic. You got all these multiple personalities. I see. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> it was funny. I, I actually started the life um, through DDLG, which is Daddy Dom Little Girl, and that involves age regression. Uh-huh. And when I started the community, uh, it was a way for me to deal with trauma. And I found that I was regressing to about the age of five. So I've always had that childlike innocence to me. Um, I've just been able to lead that particular community and really some other aspects and still embrace my childlike, but I've always had that. Well, yeah, as far as what I know of you, you're pretty sweet. I don't know about innocent, but you're pretty <laughs> sweet. Uh, the, the, <laughs> I, I, it, people that are listening, you can see we brought on a person that uh, identify as a sub baby girl and a few other things. So we're kind of giving a, uh, hopefully a different perspective that you, that you can kind of, some people can identify with. Um, so today's topic is about dating in the kink world. And I know as of right now, you are single. Um, and I wanted to kind of talk about like, you know, when you're out there, let's say, I mean, my understanding, and please correct me if I'm wrong, that 
okay, you uh, you experience kink, so you would like somebody that might have at least a sense of kink involved in their life. So how how what are the kind of like the the things that you kind of go through when you're trying to look for somebody in the kink world, if you even do? Um, first and foremost is that I just start out with the initial connection. I find that um, a lot of times if I open with I'm a submissive and guys seem to take advantage of that and they think that all of a sudden they can just like dominate me and that's what's showing that they're not a true dom. Um, so I start with an initial connection and then once we start flirting more, I then go, you know, I am in the community. Are you in the community? And that's when we can build on it from there. Because I found that when I start directly in the community, this preconceived notion uh, that I'm a submissive, that they can just start going head first, like into things. And that's not how it works. Yeah, I mean, that. I, I, I hear what you're saying. And, you know, I, I, I kind of look go by based off of my my own perspective, and I say, okay, if 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 I met you in a more vanilla scene, I guess there is a a different approach to kind of getting to yeah. know you. But if I met you in more of a kinky scene, then how you know, like, how does a person like me approach you without being dominant? Like that seems kind of weird. Like, are you saying? That uh, you're kind of on the same level, and then you, and then you see, make sure that you have other things that line up before you kind of dive into the king stuff. No, I'm kind of saying that my experience has always been mostly the 21st century being online, um, so Tinder or Twitter, that kind of thing, and that's when we can get those preconceived notions. If I meet someone in person, more particularly, it doesn't come off that way, and especially if I'm in a kinky setting. Um, then I'm already in that mindset myself and they are in that mindset as well. So I find it a lot easier to be more real versus online. It comes across maybe differently than they want it to. Hard lead. If I'm talking to someone, if I match with them on Tinder to go straight to into, I'm into BDSM, especially because Tinder is such a a hookup (laughs) app that, if I say that, then sometimes they may think that I want to just hook up if, if I indeed I was looking for an actual relationship. So it's, it's a lot harder versus in person, especially in a kink setting. You can be more open and they understand what you're more willing to do. And also, I feel like people in the kink community, especially more involved, are more aware of boundaries and asking what are your comforts, what are your limits. The kink community versus just normal dating. Um, there is not, there's not the, the definition of what's your boundaries, what are you looking for? It's just kind of flirting and hooking up. Yeah. And I mean, we got, uh, got a little bit of a bad connection, but, um, uh, I think I heard most of what you say. The first thing I want to say is Tinder, Tinder is for sinners. So let's, uh, let's try to move away from Tinder. No, I'm just playing. Um, so uh, that's kind of what was my next thing. It's like you got, yeah, you know, the difference. I guess you said that, you know, the difference between the the kink and the vanilla world is that, you know, it's a it's a different approach. You, you, you don't have to worry about crossing that barrier of, oh, by the way, I'm kinky. 
You know, it's like it's already yeah. established. Whereas compared to in the vanilla world, you may actually get to know. I don't know if you get to know them better, but you get to know a different perspective of people when you're in, in the vanilla world. But then you still have that hurdle to jump about. Yeah. Well, I like to do some nasty things. Hey, yeah, it's always an interesting so, conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, what is your, what would you think? Well, I, you kind of told me uh, in a conversation before, but what is your biggest struggle for dating somebody in the kink world? I think my biggest struggle is that since I fall more on the baby girl aspect, there's a lot of like reassurance needed for someone of my of my type, and that seems to be a, really overbearing for a lot of guys. Even some dominants find it really overbearing the the constant reassurance or the checking in, and it's kind of one of those things that they think is fun, and they're like, "Oh, cool, I get a baby girl," and then they realize how much work it really takes to help work through those feelings and help work through that communication. And because I'm not just like, because I like to live BDSM, I like to take it 24 seven. So in my partners and my doms, I don't mind if they tell me what to wear. I don't mind if they tell me, um, do this at a particular time. I actually like that. And I like that structure, but that can get overwhelming to a lot of dominance and to even just a regular partners. So I feel that sometimes they're not adequately prepared for what it takes to have a real um, baby girl dog, like a real baby girl. Yeah. Well, that's wow. I mean, that's spectacular because that's a, that's the way I think it it should always go. But as you know, that's just me. Um, I, I know we got a time crunch for you. So I got one very important last question for you. And before I ask that last question, I totally appreciate you doing this. You're such a sweetheart, and I love having you on. And maybe we can do some more in the future. Um, yeah. But uh, I have one more question for you, okay? Yes. Are you there? Okay. Um, do you do anal fisting? No, that wasn't a real question. I'm just joking around. So don't, you ain't got to answer that question at all. That was, uh, I would just, you know, just make sure that everybody's uh, awake out there. Um, but again, thank you very much. Um, I, I would like to explore more with you, uh, on another episode, but I know the time is crunched and I I want you to have a, a great day for the rest of the day. All right. Yes, sir. Thank you. And I would love to be back on next time. Um, I'm actually an author, so I write erotica and I love learning more about the community and meeting people in. So it's been great getting to know you and getting to know your podcast. I'd love to be a part of it. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you very much, Miss Raven. And I will talk to you later. Take care. Thank you, sir. Bye. All right. Bye. All right. All right. Kingsters. Thank you. We just finished up with the young lady and she gave us a good perspective. A little baby girl, a little submissive, just as a little sweetheart. I mean, she did a good job and um, it's all good. I wanted to get, definitely get that female, that submissive perspective. and. If you, however you identify, if you want to come and you want to talk to us and give us a different perspective on things, then we would truly appreciate it. But now we're going to give, we got a, a male perspective and not a, a Master Dion perspective. We wanted to make sure that there's somebody else talking about this lifestyle, not just me. I know I can't said it before, but all you're hearing is from me. So I want to give another perspective. I got a, this is a, 
You remember last week, what we had talked about earlier, but the BBC versus BBC. Well, this is a a young brother who uh, has a very, very suspect poker game, but is a but is a very good guy. He's been in the kink lifestyle for a while. He goes by Taurus and hey, Taurus, how you doing today, bro, bro? I'm good, fam. I'm good. Appreciate you having me. Yeah, man, I appreciate you being on. I I think this is uh, uh going to be really good. I, I wanted to make sure we balanced out the um, the the kind of the the interviews to make sure that we have many people's perspective on that on on the subject of dating in the kink world. So gotcha. before we get before we dive into that, tell me how you identify, bro. Uh, I identify as straight, you know, male dom. Uh, you know, it took a while to get to that status, you know. Yes, sir. Uh, a lot of some people come to the kink world and just automatically feel they get certain statuses. Um, I was not that person. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I did a little learning before I uh, jumped in and figured things out. Right on, right on, man. And that's, you know, that's all that I always preach. Like, can't come in there acting like you just know the whole world or right off the bat. You know, everybody got to learn before you, you got to learn. What do you say? You got to crawl before you walk? You got to yes, crawl before you walk before you and. That's a whole nother subject. I don't want to get in that subject of um, <laughs> all them fake dudes and everybody. Well, that'll be another subject. But anyway, that's, so, that's next episode. That was <laughs> that's a whole nother episode, man. Um, it's gonna be called bitch slapping a dude. But no, I mean we're gonna. Well, that's a whole nother thing. Um, so tell me, like, how did you get into kind of the kink lifestyle, man? Because I, it, you know, as far as everybody that's listening. I've known this guy and and um, Taurus, and I met him through the kink world. But I'm know I'm known him a little bit outside of the kink world, and uh, he's he's a very genuine kind of guy. But it, I never knew how you kind of got into the kink world. So if you can give the listeners something about how you got into it, <laughs> so um, kind of got into it. I kind of just fell into it, honestly. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's one of those things that was inside that I didn't know was the inside yet. Um, and then uh, I came across this young lady I met online and, you know, told me to meet her at this little club. This club happened to be a, a lifestyle club. And, and at that time, mm. I didn't know, know that what that was. Yeah. You know, she just told me to meet her at this club. So I'm like, that, you go ahead and meet you at this club. So I get to the club and, you know, some things is different at first, you know. <laughs> uh, you know, they got some beds in the in the club floor and yeah. little stadium seating and you know, and it was unlike any other most date, you know, where you say, hey, how you doing? Stuff like that. It was a hello and tongue me down on the spot. <laughs> I was like, uh, all right. I, kind of, you know, I don't know where this is going, but I like it, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then after that, you know, we, we had a little makeout session right there in the, in the club. You know, our top came off. And, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a roll with flow kind of guy. You know, ain't no shame in my game. So yes, sir. I'm like, hey, you want to do it right here? I'm game to do it right here, too, you know not knowing this was a typical environment. <laughs> mm, uh, uh-huh. So from that point, um, yeah, I mean, she introduced me to like some other people and, you know, friends and stuff like that. And then just, it just, it was like a, like a snowball, you know, yeah. it just kept developing. And then I came across um, some actual, a couple of friends from a different party and they were actually full kinksters. You know, it was full, um, flogging, yeah. uh, degradation, bondage. And then, you know, from that point, you know, I'm like, whoa, what did I get into? You know, but I'm like, 
I'm here now, so uh, yeah. go with it. Uh, <laughs> no, that's good. Um, I did want to. So the the girl that you were talking about that um, kind of got you uh, uh-huh. into the lifestyle was she just a kingster? Was she submissive? Or I mean, like how you know, like I just always interested in the perspective of the person that's actually got you into the lifestyle. Got you. Um, she was actually more of a of a submissive type. Yeah. Um, she was a submissive swinger. Um, so going that route. Um, and then from her, I moved into a uh, a gangbang. Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. What know. is a gangbang? I don't know nothing about those things. So. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that was a, um, yeah, it was a cuckold. Uh, for those who don't know what cuckold experience is, um, you know, as a married couple and the husband, he uh, likes to see his wife be pleasured by other men. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes you can, you know, insult them. Sometimes they're fine. They don't do anything like that. But it's a it's an outdoor experience. Um, and that was the next following experience. Um, and it just kept going from there. Um, yeah, so, it yeah. seems it seems like that's kind of a almost a similar story to mine. And it's like, it seems like that, that seems to be a, a kind of the approach of getting into it. It's like you start off when everybody's looking for a BBC or, or something like that. And so it's kind of like, you know, it gets you introduced to the world. This is very similar to kind of what happened, but let's, let's move on a little bit. So okay, all right, let's dive in. I know, I know from us talking personally, you know, I got kids. I know you got kids or a kid. And so then there was an element if not now, there was a time where you were uh, dating in the vanilla life. Can I say that? Is that true? That's true. That's All true. Right. Very true. So what do you see as the differences between the dating and the vanilla life as far as the, as far as the kink life? Wow. Um, you know, even dating, differences between the two. Yeah. Um, I would say you don't get upset about things like sex as much, mm-hmm. you know? Um, I also feel like there's more freedom in the kink world than in the vanilla world, just cause you can be yourself. Um, yeah. and that's like hard for a lot of people to grasp that because they feel like, you know, there's different levels of respect in relationships. Correct. Yeah. Um, and then with that, um, when you go into the vanilla world, it's like, Oh, you had sex with somebody who disrespected you. But that's not the same in the kink world when yeah. you have sex with somebody else. There's a different level of understanding, respect. You know, you know your partner better, and then you find out what those differences are and what y'all, you know, have some in common. And then you just understand each other. Communication level is different. Um, and it's a, it's a different way of thinking. Um, I feel like it's a more freer way of thinking, yeah. you know, to where, you know, hey, you're checking out a girl, she's checking out a guy, you know, it's, you know, carnal needs or physical needs or whatever that doesn't take place of the mental needs. You know, you don't replace that. The love is still there. The mentality is still there. You know, you still go home and you love each other. You love each mm-hmm. other even better sometimes. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, hey, baby, uh, you know, I was with this other girl. She showed me this trick. Let me, let me, let me, let me test it out on you. Mm-hmm. What, what you think? You know, you take, you heighten the sensitivity to those levels. That's, that's no, that's, yeah, no, that's, that's, it's exactly the way I see it. And, and, I think it boils down to communication. Like we're you're able to communicate with uh, 
with the partner in the kink world a lot more it, from the beginning than you are able to communicate when you're kind of in that vanilla dating scene and you're just meeting to know each other. You, what it, somebody told me is like the honeymoon phase where you're just kind of given this, this, this image of, oh, you know, like I'm the best of this and they're the best of that. And so that's how we're going to get to know each other. Where in the lifestyle, you're like, hey, fuck, this is who I am. And, and you know, if, you, if we're together, then we're going to get it done. That's great. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I so mean, in, go ahead. Go ahead, brother. Okay. And I was saying, don't take away. I mean, everything's got, you know, flaws too. So let's, yeah. let's not, let's not act like it's <laughs> all great, you know. Uh, well, that was my, that was my next question. It was like, what are okay. the, what are kind of the struggles with the kink dating scene that you've noticed? Oh, wow. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, it, it can go a multitude of ways uh, with struggles. Um, I feel like uh, there has to be acceptance. Um, and when I, when I say that, um, and unfortunately, we, we didn't want to talk about this, but I kind of have to go into it. Just <laughs> okay. because Let me hear. There, there's a lot of people who claim to be in the pink world, who claim to be in the lifestyle, yeah. and they have no clue to what's going on. Mm-hmm. And that's very dangerous. Um, it's dangerous for that person. It's dangerous for the partner. Um, it could be a lot of things that could go wrong in that aspect. Yeah. Um, so, and, you know, and it's, it's easily seen, um, uh, you can easily for, for, from, for a guy, you can easily see a guy who's very uncomfortable, who's does things totally out of character. It's like, this is not his scene. You yeah. know, this, he, he's trying to find some girl to just tell what to do or just get some sex, just get some ass, you know, and it's like, it's way more to that, you know, it's more of a power and control swapping thing. Um. You know, it's an understanding. Um, a lot of protection goes into this that a lot of people don't understand happens. Um, so when I'm out in the dating scene, I'm aware of this and I'm looking at this stuff and, you know, I'm looking out for other kinksters too to be like, okay, especially my females out there because I got to gotta watch them too because otherwise they'll end up in a basement somewhere, locked up somewhere with the wrong thing, getting too excited, um, yeah. jumping in too fast. Um, so I probably said that's probably one of the big things to jump in too fast, not knowing what it is, you know. So I've dated girls who are just new to the kink world, mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> I came with a lot of drama to start with. <laughs> well, um, and also, also when you got you got those you 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 see somebody you like, and they've mm-hmm. been damaged by those fake doms, or they've been damaged right. by those those wannabes that don't, and now you got to now also add on to repairing what them fucking morons than did and yeah. then before you could even start to to indulge in the the greatness of the relationship that you're creating correct yeah 100 percent. i'm with you 100 100 yeah. on it because like because then they're like oh well he was just using me for other girls and all this mm-hmm. other stuff and mm-hmm. you know or you know i got put in the hospital because some dude didn't know how to you know fall correctly or choke them out and you know they got to get paramedics to bring them back to life, you know, stuff yeah. like that. <laughs> I mean, that ain't funny, but it's funny. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm saying, yeah, but then now you're up in the hospital with a broomstick up your ass because somebody got stuck up there. They know what the fuck happened. Wait a minute, I do that normally. I don't know what you're talking about, man. <laughs> yeah, but you ain't uh, in the hospital, dude. 
Well, I like to play. You know, my initials is MD, so I like to play a doctor sometimes. So let's, you know how it goes, huh? You've been around. You you earned that right. (laughs) Um, uh, Let me uh, let me move on a little bit because we we're kind of running short on time. But I wanted to, I I wanted to ask you, um, what when when you're looking in the kink world, Mm -hmm. what is kind of like your ideal partner that uh, you would like to find? for the long term, if you even want somebody for long term. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I, I date and sometimes I date for trying to go for the long term. It just mm-hmm. hasn't worked out that way for, you know, it's been some longish, you know, six months to a year, mm-hmm. you know, kind of thing. Those worked out pretty well. Um, what I'm looking for exactly. I'm looking for somebody that's cool, mm-hmm. you know, open and then, you know, accepting, you know, those are the things. Um, Somebody who can understand when you explain things to them, like this is how this works, and then you gotta get that trust factor in place, you know. Especially like if I, you know, got a sub, whatever. Like I have a sub play partner right now, mm-hmm. you know, I'm building her up, and then she had that trust in me. But we had those conversations before, you know, to get an idea of like this is what's going to come with this, you know, because there's an acceptance. People think that you just go in, you know, as a dom and say, hey, you know, mm-hmm. Tina over there, hey, just gonna, <laughs> hey. Lick my feet, you know, that's how it's going to go, you know, and it don't go like that. You know, it's got to be because it's not just a sexual aspect to it. Yeah. You know what I mean? But sometimes you get control of that person's life, too. Mm-hmm. They're going to hit you with a day-to-day decision of, hey, I'm hitting you because I don't know what to do with my job right now. Yeah. Or I don't know what to do with my kid. And then yeah. you have to have a clear contract before you go into that with what parts you're willing to accept from this person and what parts you're not willing to accept from this person. You know, and I do that early. I do that from the gate. Like, they're like, oh, you seeing somebody? Yes, I'm seeing somebody else. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's no secrets here. There's nothing mm-hmm. to hide here. You know, so I look for that. If you can't handle that first conversation, we don't need to go no further. That's right. That's right. I mean, I, and uh, I, I want, I'm, um, I'm, I'm going to have another episode I'm going to be talking about just specifically about Masters and Dom. And I, mm-hmm. I definitely want you on there because you're saying a lot of the same things I say about as far as how far you go into your slave or your submissive's life. Like some people don't have that understanding. They think it's about sex and and that's it. Well, then, you know, it, it, I guess there's that dynamic, you know, if you, if you just right. have a sexual dynamic. But if you're looking for, we're talking about dating and we're talking about finding a partner, then you need mm-hmm. to know more about that person. And if you want to take that controlling role, that burden is even heavier on you than if you're in a vanilla equal type of partnership, you know? So yeah. I, people don't have that understanding of that, that, you know, how much more of a burden it is to be a master or a dom. And mm-hmm. I, that's going to be, I, I want you to be back on the episode um, so we could talk more Absolutely. about that stuff. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. But, I would just say, just learn. Just people, y'all just need to learn before you get into learn. it. Learn, damn it. <laughs> Shit. Um, all right. Is there anything else that you want to say to the audience or anything like that? Because uh, we're going to wrap it up here soon. No, no, I know we're short on time. Um, uh-huh. I say you know, we can talk about this for hours. You know, be, <laughs> hey, hey, I, I'll let it all out. Yes, and, sir. Hold yes, it back. But yes, uh, sir. I appreciate you having me, though. Hey, right on, bro, bro. And uh, as always, I appreciate you. Again, everybody, I know this man for a while, so um, it's why it's an easy conversation. And uh, um, Mr. Torres, stay strong in this game. And we'll get back to it when we are uh, on a future episode. All right, bro, bro? All right. Thanks, sir. Thanks, man. All right. Right on, brother. You take care, all right? Take care. Bye.
so those are some very interesting interviews. I, I, I hope that gave you a perspective of what, what um, different people think about and how they maneuver in the lifestyle and how they deal with dating. I, I really appreciate both of them. I felt a little bit of a connection with, with um, both of them in very different terms. But before we kind of dive into those interviews, let me bring on and introduce the incomparable INM. Welcome back, INM. How you doing? I'm excellent. Thanks for having me here today. Right on, right on. And um, as I think most of y'all know, INM is always with me on every episode. She's just usually behind the scenes. So it's not going to be nothing really new about it, but uh, we wanted to make sure that uh, we have multiple perspectives. As you just heard in those previous interviews, there was two different perspectives. And now uh, my perspective, kind of how you know how, how I go, but also with INM. And we have some really good things about, I think, about dating. So let's kind of first talk about the how those episodes went. Now, I know INM, you didn't really get to be a part of that as much. You were hearing my perspective, but not the uh, other people. But the it seems like the kind of the main point, even on both sides with the uh, Miss Raven and uh, uh, Mr. Torres, was that it's like they're trying to avoid the fakeness. You know, the fakeness of of a dom or somebody kind of sets people back where they uh, they they don't they start to distrust not only that person but the lifestyle, and then you got to sit there and get a build it back up and you got to work extra hard, which if it's for the right person, that shouldn't be a problem. But, you know, like uh, that was kind of where I think the summary of those two was, is like, you know, make sure that those people are, or that you're choosing those people, right. That you wanted to date or choose out. I mean, I, I, I thought that you were important to bring on here because of the fact that you are a single woman looking for a, what she has termed primary partner. And if you look on her FetLife page, she is advertising herself. (laughs) (laughs) She is straight up advertising herself on that. (laughs) No, but can you, I wanted you to kind of give us a perspective of that kind of whole thing about the dating and your approach and about, you know, like how you have to deal with some of these people in the lifestyle. Thank you. Yeah. It's, it's an interesting world out there. And, um, like I'm hearing you say about the interviews, they both were talking about the pros and the cons of um, the difficulty of shifting, sifting through the um, what's real and what's not real. You know, my assumption and many people's assumption when they get into the lifestyle is, oh, we don't have to explain that I'm kinky. But Mm. then we have the other aspect of, Oh, but what's real and what's not real? Absolutely, absolutely. And what it you know you're not going to get away with this. I'm trying to get you. So you're single. So I'm what single. is? So let's let's really talk about how you're approaching this this lifestyle because it, as far as our conversations we've had we've talked about, you're not trying to go back to a vanilla partner. Oh no way. Okay, so if you're not trying to go back to a vanilla partner, and as a single cis female. What is what is kind of your approach to this whole dating lifestyle or dating well, kink, dating in the kink dating world? Dating in the kink world. Um, well, yes, my profile does have some advertisement of self. It's a it's a profile. It has um, who I am and um, openings to ask me some private questions, um, that sort of thing. 
you know, it's different from, let's say, Tinder and that there's way more information there. Tinders is for sinners. <laughs> I don't know what you mean by that, but that's okay. <laughs> I, I really don't get Tinder is for sinners. But what I can say about Tinder is it's had its place in my life from time to time. Dating in this lifestyle, I feel like is um, where I'm actually going to find somebody that um, that has a more well-rounded picture and has complementary traits to who I am. So I think that's the biggest possibility for me in the lifestyle and why I want to date within the lifestyle instead of, instead of, um, just in the vanilla world. Well, you know, that's, I hear you. And that's like, you know, for the lay layman, a lay person, I would accept that, but that's just, it doesn't cut it for me because I, I look at this and I see you in the lifestyle and I say, well, how is she ever going to find that primary partner? Are you really going to, you know, like, if, I'm assuming you get a lot of messages. You're a beautiful woman. You get a lot of messages. I get some messages. Okay. Some Thank messages. You. I get some messages. So how do you decipher which one is going to be the one that you're going to talk to? And do not tell me it's luck. Because then our whole podcast is a false. If you tell me it's luck. Because we've been saying, don't go based off of looks. Oh, yeah. Looks is just one tiny little aspect and definitely um, not a whole picture. So I'm looking for a whole human being that has many of the same interests I, I have. So the first thing I'll do is if somebody sends me a message is I'll go look at their profile mm-hmm. and I'll see who they are. If they got a bunch of dick pics or they have no information, mm-hmm. I really don't talk to them. Mm-hmm. I don't have anything to say. It's like, why are you even bothering when you're not giving me anything about who you are? And I have spelled out who I am pretty well. I mean, you can get a pretty good idea of who I am if you look at my foot page. Yeah, I mean, and and we we talked about that on previous episode, and I think that's the that's the key. If you're if if you're a person, you know, pursuing somebody like I and M, or you're pursuing somebody that you could assume is going to get a lot of attention from different people, you know, what are you doing different? How are you sticking out from the crowd? You know, like I've had I've in the previous times when I was actually looking, I've sent messages. And when they've responded to me, I've said, I've like after I've met them in person, I've said, well, why did I stand out? And and I've gotten many different answers, but they've kind of all summed up to uh, a certain things. And I'm not going to tell you because it's none of your business. But it was like uh, <laughs> it, how it was just something that made it stand out as compared to the you know tens, hundreds of messages that are out there. So my approach in this whole thing. And I haven't said anything this whole time. Went to the interview to let him speak. Now my approach about how dating, how I was, and I'm no longer dating for the time being. And who knows? But how how I would date, I look at dating in the lifestyle. So I I have just uh, I think some of y'all have heard before. My vanilla life is is literally. Done. I'm not looking for a, another vanilla partner. My vanilla partner has been with me for 11 years, and you know, I don't. She's gonna have to stab me or poison me to get rid of me. I mean, I'm I'm there until the end, you know, until she doesn't want me anymore. But in the kink world, it's um, hasn't been as solid. You know, uh, uh, it's 
hopefully getting that way and we we're progressing really nicely. But when I was dating, I, I was being very specific. What what I found out early on is like when you're vague and you talk to people, then you end up with a whole bunch of shit that, oh, wait a minute, you don't do this, you don't do that, or I don't do this, none of that. And then you end up making it a lot more awkward. And then you're trying to adjust, but then you don't want to adjust, they don't want to adjust, and it doesn't really work out. So I just started being brutally direct, brutally honest, putting on my page. I took the time to fill out my FetLife page. Again, whatever the page is that you're using, Cassidy or or whatever the hell else is out there. I, I don't use anything else, so I guess that's, oh, Tinder, like uh, <laughs> some people like to use. Um, you know, on Tinder, what are you putting on your profile? Do they have a profile on Tinder, or is it just a picture? It's a picture, and you have a little, yeah, short little blurb of words. Okay, so, um, so do whatever you, I don't know if that's enough, but do whatever you need to do. To be as 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 honest about who you are, and so when I would go through, I just I'm like, you know what? This is what I'm put on my page. This is who I am. I made a decision that I wanted to have my picture, my face up on there. And I again, we've talked about that on previous episode of why I was a felt more comfortable about exposing myself and being more out in the open about who I was in the kink world. So when people when people in the past have responded to me when I've reached out to them or they've sent me messages It's because they're like, well, I see what you look like. I either like your kinks or I want to explore into those kinks. And I'm more curious about being with a master than, and what is a master or, or I used to have a master and I feel better as a slave or something like that. I don't go around and try to mush around about, about exactly what I do. And I also make it very clear of how, how I am not um, monogamous and 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 want my woman to be tied down to um, one cock. So like, so I get very very detailed about everything, and I think that it's been the most effective way. Because even now, um, uh, there there will be messages I'll get, and I'm like, no, I'm not looking, and I haven't changed my page because. When somebody's under consideration, I don't do that. But I don't reach out. I don't go out there and do fan shit. I don't go out there and put, go to every single picture and and liking 20 or 30 pictures at a time. The problem with FetLife is that everybody that you've friended or that follows you can see every fucking thing that you're doing. So when you're going in there liking 20, 30, 40 pictures every other hour, and you are a fan. You're coming off as uh, thirsty, hungry. You know, you've got to look at who are you trying to attract. Maybe you don't give a fuck. Okay, that's fine. You don't want to give. If you don't give a fuck, whatever. But I and M, if I'm, if you're looking and you're like, wow, this guy's uh, uh, attractive. He's reached out to me, and he has liked thirty slender. Brown hair, brown hair, ladies, all of the exact same age. How are you going to feel about it? Oh, horrible! I'm probably going to drop them real quick. Hmm. Yeah. And that's what, and that's you got to understand. You got are you just a fan? Or are you actually trying to pursue something? Or are you just a player? Because just because the lifestyle is kinky doesn't mean that they that people are okay with players. I mean, you know, like a player is somebody that's trying to play somebody. 
And do you want to be played? No, I definitely. I mean, who the hell wants to be played, play. right? And it doesn't I matter that we're kinky. Play. You want to play? <laughs> don't want to get played. Exactly. To play, <laughs> not get played. Yes, that's very important. So, like some examples that I've heard, you know, like uh, we're going to that the pros and cons to to events. What? The, oh, okay, I got. It. Well, let me give you. There's. A little bit of a story, a little, a teeny bit of a story, right? So we're, I'm in the lifestyle and people are coming to me, right? So this one gentleman comes to me and he said, well, the first thing he does is he writes a message on his fucking feed. I can't believe I'm keep trying to talk to girls. Everybody's a fucking fake. And, and, and I, nobody wants to respond. And they just all, or they just all like BBCs. I said, I was like, oh, shit. And this is a good, you know, a good kink friend of mine. And, um, uh, you know, I've known him for years. Caucasian. Young guy. I mean, he's younger than me. So, you know, young guy. So I reached out to him. I said, no, what's going on? He was like, man, I don't know. He's like, I can look at your page or I can see it. Every time I come to your, your bangs and all this stuff, you're, you always have a slave. And, you know, I'm just getting tired of it. Is, it. is it that all the girls, just like BBC, are they all fake? What's the deal? I said, and that's why I wrote that post. But I was like, you're looking at it in a very different way. I go, let's not look at it, what those people and how those people are. Let's look at what you're doing. Let's look at the perspective of, because when I see you, first of all, you got a whack-ass picture up. Change your pictures. And, you know, put a little effort into it. I know guys don't like to put real effort into their pictures. You know, I'm... I'm macho. I just put a picture up, but you kind of look kind of crazy in your pictures. I know I'm brutally honest, but I have to be. If you want to, if you want to start getting a person in the kink world, and you're you're uh, relying on the internet, the the fet life, or something like that, put a little effort into your look. Shave. How about shave? Oh no, I guess beards are in too. What, whatever it is, just making sure you're looking nice, and on and put some pictures up there. You know, like I think I and said, you know, don't have it's all right to have a cock picture up there, but don't your your profile pictures and everything is a picture of your cock. Why is your cock special? I mean, how many fucking millions of cocks are out there? You know, like it'll be something more than what a lot of people are doing. I mean, the one thing that bothers me, I don't know about you, but, you know, I, I like to go to the video section, you know, late night, get a jack off session on and. Why am I scrolling through 1,500 guys jacking off their cocks in the in the video section of FetLife? What what is that? Is that what the, y'all like to see? No, you don't like to see I that. I can stuff? say I don't like to see that. Pictures and visuals are not the thing that stimulate me. So um, that's not where I go for my pleasure. That's typically and stereotypically a male thing. Um, men are super visual, and again, this is super stereotypical. And I know that there's some women that would totally disagree with me. Um, but I, I have found that most men that I've come in contact with in years of being single are very visual and they like the visual stimulation and need the visual stimulation. Women are more about the touch and the emotion and the mental stimulation. Like those kind of things seem to be more of what 
women are looking for. And again, that's super stereotypical and I'm not trying to cut anybody out because I recognize that we all have masculine and feminine energies in us, but just for ease of conversation, I'm using it that way. Well, yeah, I, I kind of agree with you on that. Cause you know, like my last gangbang, the girl just wanted to mentally see the cocks. She didn't want to actually have the cocks. So she just wanted to mentally see it. So nobody touched her. She just wanted to mentally see cocks. So what? Bullshit. No, I mean, I, I hear what you're saying. Oh, my bad. I'm at the super Dooley, uh, super producer Dooley is a bitch in his ears. So I'm going to have to talk a little bit more lightly so that his soft little, pretty little baby white ears can, can be, can be safe. Are you all right? Yes, I am. Thanks, okay. Mark. All right. Right on. Right on. So as I'm saying that, I'm saying bullshit because there's a lot of women in there that want to see the cack. They want to see what they're getting into. Okay. Okay. And it may or may not be the thing that actually stimulates it till it's in them. Until it's in them. Okay. Well, you know, I don't, I don't get why there's a whole bunch. It's like a fucking phenomenon of guys just jacking off on the videos. Like who the hell wants to see that shit? And I was like, I don't know if girls want to see that shit or not, but I don't know. I had a guy not too long ago, send me a message going, I'll pay you to have you watch me jack off. Well, damn, that sounds like a good deal. Shit, why would you not take that, get that money? What the hell are you talking about? It was about? only 20 bucks. I wasn't really interested. 20 hours? <laughs> Shit, you know, you better pump that up. That's what I was yeah, thinking. Yeah, I hear <laughs> <laughs> Well, anyway, we don't want to get into, uh, uh, money is not this episode. We were talking yeah. about monetary in another right. episode. But, you know, be that, if you're that person that wants to see guys jack off, make sure they're paying $20 a pop. Boom. Way more than that. Oh, okay, way more than that. Anyway, so, as I, as I'm, I'm trying to help this guy out, and I'm trying to sit there and say, you know, God, Lee, you're, you're just coming off as a fan. You're not coming off authentic. You're not standing out. I mean, there's so many guys on here. Now, it, I kind of like try to be a little bit reserved. <laughs> I try to be a little bit reserved about the opinions about myself because, um, you know, that a lot of people know me. I'm not gonna say. I'm famous or anything, but uh, a lot of people don't know me. So it's kind of hard to sit there and say, well, I stand out because of this reason, because I might just stand out because of all the activities that I do. And so I don't, I don't want to sit there and say, and say, well, look at me, I stand out, but find a way to stand out. You know, like, I, I don't know if you were with me that day when that guy was like, well, I'm going to start doing pub crawls. And I was like, well, how's anybody going to know about your pub crawls? And he was like, I'm going to attach your name to it. I was like, you, you <laughs> like, what the hell are you talking about? You're going to attach my name to it. I was like, you're going to be paying me a pretty penny for that. So it, I understand that um, it's hard to figure out how to stand out. But you got to figure out. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. I, I was new at one point on FetLife. And I've built out the way to stand out. Now, that, I'm not telling you to do the exact same thing. I'm not telling you to go out there and do events. I'm not telling you to do a podcast. I'm not telling you to throw gangbangs. I'm not telling you to do all that stuff, but you got to figure out why that person is going to be interested in you. I, I go ahead. I, I think, I think the way to make yourself stand out is to get really real with yourself and what you like and what you don't like, and then advertise that, put that on your page, join groups, add your fetishes so that people see what you're really into. Cause if we don't see what you're into, why would I talk to you? Why do you stand out? Okay, so as you say that, so you have this feed. First of all, the first step of, is to get into, you know, I'm a random male at, at, at this point, and I'm trying to get to know you. So 
how do I get you to notice me? You can't, you're not going to sit there. You can't just scroll through my page because we haven't, we haven't friended each other. I haven't reached out. So is the first step, or I don't want to say step because we're not giving you a guideline, but is, is my first approach to you is to email you just or to just to automatically friend you or well, what? I, think, I mean, if you friend me or follow me, I, I'm probably not even going to pay attention to that. Yeah. Honestly, um, send me a message, but don't just say, hey. Like, tell me something, especially if you have nothing in your profile, tell me who you are and what you're interested in. I want to hear something about you. I want something interesting. Tell me what you're going to do to me. Like, I want something interesting that's going to catch my attention, that makes you stand out, that, oh, let's, my fantasy of a date is da-da-da-da-da. I want to take you to the mountains for the day. Let's have a picnic. Let's go for a hike. And I'm going to pin you up against a tree and whatever. So you're telling me. A random person can sit there and say, I'm going to take you out for the day and pin you up against a tree, and that's going to attract you? He, if he frames it as a fantasy or a desire, not oh, like I'm going to do oh, it. Oh, okay. okay. That sounds like to. some stalker shit right no, there. No, no, not stalker, but like, oh. hey, I'd love to have a fantasy date with you would look like. I got you. I got you. Not a, so, you know, like, it, I, I hear that. I, For some reason, I think the approach, now correct me if I'm wrong, because I... I don't know. What's wrong or is there a problem with somebody saying, hey, I'm reaching out to you because I'm interested and I want to know more about you. And can you tell me what would be a very interesting first date for you? Would that be too lazy? It sounds totally lazy to me. I always love it when somebody offers me something first. I got you. If somebody says, hey, can I have your phone number? It's like, where's yours? Give Mm. me yours first. So the same is true with the first date. It's like, oh my gosh, I'm interested in you and I'd love it if we did X, Y, Z at some point in time down the road. Mm, Let's get to know each other first and then maybe down the road, you know, but have steps, you know, in your own mind of how you'd want to do it and how do you want to be treated? Maybe your first date is ideal fantasy is some crazy thing like what happened to you on your first uh, uh, kink moment. Okay. Um, and you can share those kind of things as this is what I love or here's my fantasy. What do you think? So here's a question. Somebody has sent you that email. Mm-hmm. All right. The email is perfect from what your standards are. What is the time frame that that person should wait and hopefully that you respond to them? I think, I don't know if there should be like, uh, I mean, a month or two, probably a month. If they don't respond within a month, but so, I mean, so then, wait, 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 go ahead. I'm not always on fed. It's not necessarily someplace I go every day or check my messages every single day. Sometimes I get caught up in life and I don't necessarily check my messages on a regular. Okay. So sometimes it may take me a week or two to even open the fed page. So see that I have messages. So that, that, that drives my second question. So. If I've sent this detailed, uh, very specific message that lays out, and I'm on this other perspective, I have no idea who you are. I have no idea how your life goes. You haven't made it clear on your page that I don't check it all the time and maybe as infrequent. So I, I don't care a response with you in a week. How can anybody say to me, well, I shouldn't reach out to the next person? Because clearly she's not interested because she hasn't responded. You know, I, I don't, I don't know what the, 
I don't know what that time frame is, but I guarantee you when you're on the internet, that time frame is a lot shorter. It is, and everyone has a different time frame. So there isn't one time frame that's going to fit anybody. And frankly, there's not going to be one time frame that fits me all the time. So I mean, so you just deal with the misses. And I guess that's yeah. where a lot of people get it like, okay, you know, I mean, I can't send one message. And if I send one message to one person and they don't get back to me, then, uh, then uh, my odds are way down. And yeah, how do I find somebody else if, I, if I'm if i sitting there trying to concentrate on one person? Why only concentrate on one person? Well, see, that's what we're talking about is where, right. how are we, you know, like, and again, I'm not saying, I'm personally not saying reach out to one person. I'm saying, you know, make sure that they fall within those guidelines and maybe don't advertise that you're liking every picture of everybody so that nobody sees everything that you're putting out there. But there. There should be at least some, I don't know, I shouldn't say should, but if you really are searching and you're the one that people are pursuing, may that be female, male, whatever, however you identify, if you're the one that's being pursued, then maybe there's a courtesy, I think, that you should put a, you know, hey, I'm not on Fat Life much, you know, and put a time frame. If I, if I find your message appropriate it might be a day it may be a week you know but it doesn't change how i feel or something like that it's just my because i'm a busy person or something like that when you say nothing or you don't do anything and you know that like you said the time frames are different make sure you know you're you you've missed out on an opportunity either one or the well, other I, to me if i miss out on an opportunity like that and somebody's not patient doesn't recognize i'm a grown woman have a full life then it's probably not somebody i actually want in my life that's ridiculous because you have no idea. Because you, you can't, you can't have somebody that doesn't know anything just sit around and, did, and hopefully they're supposed to be in your life. It doesn't make any sense. Well, I'm not expecting anyone to sit around. I'm not sitting around waiting for responses from people or sending a message. I mean, when I te- even when I text somebody, I don't expect them to get back with me in a certain time frame. My ideal would be hopefully within 24 hours they re- reply to a text, but. I'm not attached to my phone or any other electronic media. I'm about to call bullshit. No. Was that a little bit lower? Because I text. She texted me yesterday. I didn't respond, and she called me in like in a half an hour. Do you remember that? <laughs> yeah, but that's because it felt like this one didn't call me. <laughs> it didn't have anything to do with anything else. So anyway, but I guess my time frame is a lot shorter for you, huh? So I didn't respond right away. She's not texting well, me back. Say call me. No, I didn't say call you. You I, you texted me said I'm available to talk. Oh yeah, and I, and I didn't say anything, and you had a heart attack. But I didn't have a heart attack. You had a heart said, attack. Called me I took you to the hospital, <laughs> and the doctor checked you out, and your heart was fine. <laughs> anyway, so as we, so the, okay, so I some reason I keep kicking the goddamn liquor, but anyway, um, as we've talked about meeting in person, right? We've talked yeah. about going to events and stuff like that, yeah. and we've had to deal with the pros and cons. We, we kind of told y'all, and I, I know I've mentioned it before, where you you can go to an event or you may not feel comfortable and, and so on and so forth. What are the pros and cons of going to an event? Now, in my opinion, I think there's way more pros than cons because of the fact that you get to see the person. You get to, you're not sitting there saying, well, their profile's fake because they, they look so gorgeous, but now you see them in person. Oh, shit, that person is as gorgeous as they look. So that, that's a pro. You get to talk to them. You don't get to have you don't have to wait to the steps to meet with them in public place and all that. You actually get to talk to them. But what could be some of the cons of that? 
And A&M's looking at me like she doesn't know. There is no cons. I I don't think there are any real cons to meeting somebody at an event. Um, I think being real and face-to-face is actually the best way to find out if you actually like somebody. Oh, you said being real. How do you know they're being real? Honestly, I don't know for sure. And body language speaks volumes. So they've been there have been studies about communication, and they say 80% of communication is body language. So if I'm adept at watching how people move and what they do, I'm hearing if they're being real or not being real. Yeah, I mean, uh, so look at that. Look, you can you can hear them, you can see them, you can read their body language. I can smell them. You can smell them, and we talked about smells, <laughs> and um, and you can see. Yeah. You can see how much filter they're using on their pictures, you know, when you see them in person. Yeah, and you can also see how they interact with other people. You know, yeah, I guess. Me, yeah, I guess I you can could... watch how they're interacting, or are they sitting in a corner, you know, waiting with their arms crossed and feeling sad for themselves and alone? Or are they sitting up? Are they standing up, mingling, being social? I mean, what's their who are they? You get to see a flavor of who they are. Oh, yeah. I like the person that's sitting in the corner. But, I mean, we got both two different dynamics. I don't want my... Never mind. Uh, <laughs> so, cons. I don't... Uh, the cons for events. Well, you got to get out. You have a sense of exposure. What we found out at Kink and Curious. You know, like, if people were cool, they were partying. And then we said we wanted to take a group picture. And people scattered like cockroaches all the way to the to the bar. And so there's the there's a kind of exposure, you know, yes. like you know, the, you have to be careful about the type of event you're going to. I guess if you're worried about your the exposure of your life, you got to make sure that people are not taking pictures or you're not in those pictures and stuff like that. So that's one probably the biggest yeah. con for for an event. The others it could be on on the online, nobody can touch you, right? Sure. Say you're. Uh, one of these people that don't want to be touched or don't want to be, you know, like, are you you have a tough time around big crowds or something like that. Those can be a, a, a thing that you have to worry about if somebody's over touching. I mean, we had a, the at the last party where I had to make the big announcement about I'm protecting the little baby girl because guy kind of just overbeared her like right off the bat. So it was like that can be intimidating by going to an event and then, whoa, whoa. I mean, to just say that you you know you're a beautiful person and you walk in and they just get, you know, slammed by different people and they want to talk and be at a, uh, be around you, that could be very, very negative and it could uh, affect you in the way that you don't want to be a part of the lifestyle at Absolutely. all. I mean, there are people who have the false belief that just because I'm at a lifestyle event, I want to be touched, and that's a false belief. And I'm just going to do a little side note here for all those people who you may know people in the lifestyle and you may have a relationship and it doesn't mean that you don't have to get consent for the moment. Okay. What's that going to do with what we're talking about? Nothing. I just had to say it because we're talking about touching and people, people need to remember to always, always, always ask for consent. Okay. Well, um, let's, um, kind of get back to the subject though. Okay. So, uh, we, that it's important that she said that, and it's always, you know what? To be honest with you, you can interrupt any time and say that because that's important. Consent is very important um, in all kinds of aspects. But you know, let's try to keep it within the flow of the conversation. Okay. Um, now, 
I think, oh, you, you just mentioned this earlier, or I just asked you and you said yes. And I know for sure with me that I can never go back to the vanilla world, like 100% to the vanilla world. No, me neither. It's almost impossible. Yeah. If, if ever, uh, if my vanilla partner would leave me and she hadn't poisoned me or anything like that, I, there would be not another vanilla vanilla partner in my life. I wouldn't. I, I'm 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 20 years old right now. Well, maybe not 20, but um, uh, there's no, there's not actually no way that I would get back into a, a vanilla relationship. And how does that how does that affect you? Is that you know like is that a a problem? I actually thought it was earlier on in, in life. I thought it was. I was like, God, I just want to be regular, quote unquote regular. And I just want to be in love and I just want to see, I'm going to try this monogamy thing. And I mean, that was probably the dumbest thought I've ever had, but it was just, it was just that of trying the experience, but it's like, you know, can we do some kinky shit? You know, get, or can I have a slave? What are you talking about? You know, it kind of went down those routes and I'm just like, man, I cannot do this. And I can't even imagine now after all these years, uh, trying to be in a vanilla relationship and about you. I, I can't imagine ever being in a vanilla relationship again. I was married in a vanilla uh, relationship for 20 years, and I say I did my time. Did your time. Yeah. Uh, vanilla's and, and, done. You know, it was, it was good. Um, overall, I love family dynamics and all of that, but um, in terms of a partnership, no thank you. Yeah, you know, and, and that's that's actually very key. You know, when you're talking about family, like, I don't know how I do it. And people, you can keep asking me, how do I balance the two lives? I don't really know how. It's just been worked on over years and it's worked out. But, you know, like, it's very important. To be honest with you, my uh, my my family on my vanilla life, I treat, you know, I, I, I cherish it. But in my kink life, uh, my slave and training has kids. And I cherish that too. You know, I, I want them to, you know, if I'm in control over their mom, I want them to, to for whatever the level of where she feels comfortable with them knowing, I want them to know that she's in good hands and that they they can also lean on me as far as advice and stuff like that. So it's a good balance, but I can never, I mean, there's no way I could ever go to a vanilla relationship. I'm just going to keep saying that. And a vanilla relationship to me, it can mean different to you and whatever perspective that you're looking at it. And I was curious, do could you go back after you've been in a kink lifestyle? Can you go back to a vanilla partner? I'm, I've heard from some people that are like, hey, I would love to have a vanilla partner and I can give up this life, but I don't really believe them. I don't think it's true. Maybe they can. Maybe. I, I Unless they've been hurt, you know. I believe that some people have, and not even just being hurt, but sometimes people have to experience things and cross their own boundaries and maybe they've crossed their boundaries into the kink lifestyle and realized oh it's actually not for me but that would be the only time i can see somebody actually reverting to the vanilla lifestyle yeah and I, and and i have i think i've met i've met yeah i think i have I, i'm trying to remember but i think i've met some people that have gotten into a lifestyles and just left it and it was like no i don't want to do this this is not for me, bad or good. They just wasn't for them. And then, and, and I've had a lot of people that kind of jumped back in and out, jump back in and out, but I, I could see that. You know, one thing I w- that we talked about the other day, it was like, we're talking about all this vanilla and, and um, kinky dating. What about, what about at the kinky curious, we bring an element of speed dating? 
That could be really fun. That could be. Huh? That could be really fun. What do you all think? I, I'd like to hear your feedback. Please send us um, an email, info at beyond-kink.com, and tell us what you think. I'd, I'd love to hear your feedback. Yeah, I think that would be kind of cool. Like, okay, so we're trying to add in a third element. Granted, it's an event. I know that. But we're trying to add in a third element. Why don't you come? Maybe we could figure out a kinky. And I, I don't know. But maybe it could work. You know, a kinky speed dating. We'll see. We had to hear it from y'all, though. We were not going to do it just for based off of, of um, a whim. Yeah, we're not going to do that. So the last last thing was courting phase. And I know we had a good talk about it the other day, but I can't remember. Can you explain to me what we're talking about? So what's, what's, the courting what's, phase? what's the courting phase in the kinky lifestyle? Do you jump right into a kink or is it something that there's I feel like there's a courting phase whether you're um, in a DS or MS type dynamic or looking for that kind of thing, or it's a little bit more traditional kind of relationship you're looking for. Either way, it feels like there's a, the courting is the get to know you phase. And what does that look like for you? Is it going out on dates? Is it just hanging out? Is it trying things out together. What is that courting phase for you and your potential partner? Yeah. And that's, I think now I remember, cause it, it was very interesting. We had talked about that and I was like, well, I haven't really, I, in the lifestyle, I haven't really did a bunch of dates. You know, it was kind of like um, the story that um, Taurus was telling where when I, my first dates are usually a date at the play scene or, at some kind of kinky club or something like that. It's not usually let's go to dinner, anything like that. And I and I and I'm kind of curious why my mindset just goes there. Like we're just we're in kink, so we're gonna go around kink places. And my uh my slave under consideration told me that the last or the second to last guy she dealt with would take her out to eat and all this stuff like that. And it just never crossed my mind. We always went and got we always go and get food and stuff like that, but I don't kind of mix the world together i don't know why but i just want we wonder what is the courting phase that you do with with the um the partner that you're pursuing and maybe that's flawed maybe that's also part of why things are not working out because they don't feel like you're treating them like a regular human being if that's uh, a part of the dynamic or not you know like that those those are the kind of things that that was our last part it's like the courting you know like okay we we like each other and stuff like that. How are we moving forward? You know, like you can't write a contract, and after a week of meeting somebody, no way. you know, like how are they knowing your life and how are you letting them, uh, how are you knowing their life and how they're knowing your life, whatever. So that's if you want to know more about that, just kind of ask some questions. We want to kind of leave it there because I know this episode is getting fucking long, and we want to we want to make sure that we kind of wrap it up. Um, more questions about dating? You can always hit me up. Uh, on on the email at uh, uh, Master Dion at beyond com, or you can hit me on FedLife. You can hit us on Instagram. You can hit us on, on all our social media. Again, our linked our our page is link Linktree slash Beyond Kink. And you know what time we're going to now. You know what time it is. Let's get ready for your story. Story time. Story time. Story time. Story time. It's story time. Motherfucker. All right, it's just this is where it's your time to tell story time, INL. This is another female-led story. 
And we're going to let it, but it's also a very, 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 it's another master slave story. I'm it excited. <laughs> Look at this. I've, I've got two stories in a row about master slave. So, Miss INM, please take it away. Here it is. I always felt like I was an exhibitionist wanting to be outside in the sun naked, naked, but grew up not knowing others had these feelings. I never knew about the kink world as I see it now. I saw it as very shady and full of pedophiles and pervs. I won't go into reasons for that. I was in a marriage of 13 years, which most of was spent alone and not with much sex. We were inexperienced, and I guess you could say I never got comfortable enough with him to explore, and he never tried. Once, I spent eight years in celibacy and found my current master. I was hooked. He touched me, and I literally saw stars and went into another place of ecstasy. Let me back up a little. We met while I was married, and he was a friend, and then lost touch for years. I found him on Facebook and reached out, not expecting much in reply. We talked for a couple months and then decided to meet halfway between us since we lived so far apart. Little did we know how much we had in common. We also never knew I had a secret crush on him way back then. He has a high sex drive and was looking for someone to explore more with. I have always been very independent with a hunger to learn and, a strong, and strong as a survivor and woman. I had a lot going on, but needed someone just to have fun and allow me to let down my guard. I was inexperienced, not expecting attachments as he was not wanting anyone, wanting any. It was perfect. We met up for a day every couple months for four years. He pushed my limits and taught me things that I didn't know and asked if I would be his sex slave after the first couple visits. Of course, I said yes. We did everything we could inside and outside of hotel and around town. He showed me porn videos and talked to me every day, training me to be the best slave I could be for what he wanted. I learned that gagging on a cock was a good thing. I learned and trained for anal for him through videos and his guidance, long distance until we were able to meet. He pushed my limits with piss play, milk play, and whatever one of us came up with to explore. Once my son graduated and was ready for college, I moved closer to him and we went full mode with the master-slave relationship. We communicate and work through any issues that arise with our relationship. He has had threesomes and seen more. I was, so I was introduced to the lifestyle once we started going to meet and greets and play parties. I have always felt like a submissive and love pleasing others. So when he saw how much I was willing to do for him, the slave part felt like a natural transition for me. I am st still learning and we are growing together, learning what we want and don't want from the lifestyle. Sometimes it's a struggle because I am not a great communicator like he is, but we keep trying till I'm able to get my point across so he understands how I feel. He has taught me so much about how important communication is in this lifestyle and in general. I never 
had that in my life before him. I had been lucky to find my soulmate and my master. Wow. That, you know, that's a, that is a very good story. I, I really like how, um, how that was written. You know, I, I've, I, I've, I feel uh, you know, a little tear coming to my eye because it's just uh, the way that a, that a slave adores her master and, and how they kind of got together and the time they took. Again, I told you before that I have a three-month process and they took months, it sounds like a lot of months, to get to know each other and get, uh, get that understanding. And, and he was able to learn that, you know, let's not move, let's not change your life until your son is what, the one who graduated. And, and so the consideration for her, the, the understanding of what she's been through before and, and adapting to uh, making her feel comfortable and making her feel like that she's in the place that she wanted to be. That was a great story. What do you think? I think it was a beautiful story. I love her vulnerability and her acknowledgments along the way. And I also like the time they took to get to know each other. And I love what it um, is has developed into and um i i i've actually met these people and mm-hmm. they're super sweet and mm-hmm. i love how they are together it's really a joy to see them together yeah and you know what um i i i know those uh, i know them too and and you know i found i got a newfound respect for uh them as they're together and also, you know, he had came to me and said, it spoke about how he's still trying to learn. He can't wait till I come out with um, my little series about masters and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, ever learning, he has a slave. His slave identifies him as her master, and he still wants to learn. Remember that. That's a key point for people. If you're just, just because you got somebody that's calling you something, you know, you don't know, you don't know everything. There's always a point of learning. Always, always, always. I know I'm always learning and there's always going to be more to learn and things to, you know, even if I might know something or have an idea about something, there's always ways that I can make it a little better or polish it just a little bit more. Absolutely. Well, we have caught your ear for as long as possible right now. And we appreciate y'all listening. I, this is our first time doing interviews and and um, I&M's second time on uh, in front of the camera. And we really appreciate it. We are not going to tell you what next week's subject are because we're doing some different things and making sure that we come up with a fantastic episode for next week. So for now, enjoy this episode, and we truly appreciate y'all. And as I always say, keep it kinky. Peace. Shouts out to all the kinksters that tuned in this week to listen to another episode of Beyond Kink with Master Dion. Don't forget to like, comment, and hit that subscribe. To stay connected with me, Master Dion, follow at Beyond Kink on Instagram and all social media platforms. As always, keep it kinky. Keep it kinky.